0: God gives us His Word, and He gives us His Word that we might believe it, and that we might trust it, and that we might live according to it. And yet, if you've been in this life for a while, you know how easy it is to be tempted to doubt God's Word. You're listening to Preaching Christ. Preaching Christ is a sermon program composed of various pastors worldwide who are dedicated to preaching Christ and Him crucified for the forgiveness of our sins. Grace, mercy, and peace be from God, our Father, and our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon for this morning is based upon our Old Testament reading. It's been read to you, and it's on the back of your bulletin for further review. My fellow redeemed in Christ, from a Christian point of view, all of life really can be easily summarized with just one question, and it is this. Will we trust God's Word I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but what would we do without God's Word? Without God's Word, we wouldn't know God. Without God's Word, we wouldn't know His Son, Jesus Christ. And without the knowledge of God and His Son, Jesus Christ, we wouldn't really know the true meaning and purpose of life. And we certainly wouldn't know about any kind of wonderful hope on the other side of death. God gives us His Word, and He gives us His Word that we might believe it, and that we might trust it, and that we might live according to it. And yet, if you've been in this life for a while, you know how easy it is to be tempted to doubt God's Word, to argue with God's Word, and even to reject God's Word. Of course we all know how easy it is to believe God's Word when we like what it says, and when life is going good. It's not always so easy to accept God's word when we don't like what it says, and life is difficult. As a matter of fact, on this journey we call life, isn't it true that it seems that life often contradicts what God says in His word? So James says in our second reading about being tested by some kind of trouble, even our Lord Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, to doubt God's word, not to trust the word of his heavenly father. Which brings me to our text for this morning, Abraham, well, let's face it, it's a pretty dramatic reading isn't it? is not it? This Abraham going to sacrifice his son Isaac? But when we understand the text properly and all the Bible properly we know that God was teaching Abraham something very important, very important about God's Word and something that you and I must also learn as we go through this journey called life. And that is we must learn to live by faith in God's Word. Abraham was tempted by God for one simple reason to see if he would obey God and he would obey God only if he trusted God and what he said in his word You might remember God had given Abraham some wonderful promises. Some of them repeated at the end of our Old Testament reading for this morning. He promised Abraham he would have many descendants. So many descendants, he couldn't even count them all. You might remember what he said. They would be as numerous as the sand on the seashore and as the stars in the sky. And all these descendants that he would have someday would have their very own land to live on. Given by God himself, the promised land. And the best part, one of his descendants born on that promised land would be the savior of the whole world. And yet having said all that, all those wonderful promises hinged, depended on one other promise that God gave to Abraham and that is he would have a son. Now that was quite a thing because Abraham was 75 years old and his wife was barren and furthermore he had to wait 25 years for that promise to be fulfilled but fulfilled it was and at 100 years of age the child was born Isaac. Now, can you fully understand how much Abraham would have loved that son? And that's why it becomes rather much of a shock, isn't it? Knowing how much Abraham must have loved that son, for God to say to him, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And what Abraham does next perhaps is a little shocking to us. Because we see his faith and his trust in God's word. What do we read immediately? So Abraham rose early in the morning and went to the place of which God told him. Just in case you missed my point, notice Abraham does not argue with God. Abraham does not get angry. With God. Abraham does not reject God. Abraham doesn't even doubt God. He simply does what God tells him to do. Why? Because he trusted God and he trusted God's word. Abraham believed God must know what he's doing and he'll keep his promises even if Abraham didn't understand why God would tell him to do such a thing. The author of Hebrews gives us a little insight into what was going on with Abraham when the author says this, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead. From which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. You see, Abraham knew one thing for sure. This son Isaac, as much as he loved him, that was the fulfillment of a promise that was given to him by God. And so that meant, even though he didn't know exactly what was going to take place on that mountaintop, one thing he knew for sure. Somehow, some way, Isaac would have to live. Why? Because all those other promises I mentioned to you all hinged on Isaac living. The promise of many what? Descendants having their own land, and from whom would come the Savior of the whole world. Isaac was to put uh, Abraham was put his trust in God. It was indeed a test for Abraham. Rather than trusting his feelings or his experiences in life or his logic, he would simply trust God's word because it was a test. It was basically, Abraham, who do you love more? Your beloved son, Isaac, who you waited so long for, or me, who gave you your beloved son, Isaac? Abraham passed the test. He loved God and trusted God even more than Abraham. And perhaps some of you will remember our Lord Jesus said something similar that also applies to you and me. Whoever loves father or mother, son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Abraham did not love his son more than God who gave him his son. He passed that wonderful test. He trusted in God's word. And all throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, God often tests his people. And perhaps you've noticed that. God will test you. Perhaps he's already tested you. And he will also test me as well. As a matter of fact, I'll suggest to you that all this journey we're on that's called life, it's just one test after the other. Who and what are you going to love? Who and what are you going to put your trust in? Even our Lord Jesus in our Gospel reading was uh, tempted by Satan in the wilderness. Would our Lord Jesus be faithful to the Father who sent him? Would he trust the word of his Father? Or would he start to doubt the word of his Father under the temptations of Satan? Thank God we know our Lord Jesus passed the test, as Abraham did, and he became our Savior. And remember Jesus was the fulfillment of all those promises to Abraham of many descendants in the land because Jesus was a descendant of Abraham, born on the promised land, the Savior of the world. What's really amazing about this story is in the story of Abraham and Isaac we see a picture of what the Heavenly Father would do with his own son, Jesus. God told Abraham to sacrifice his son, your only son Isaac whom you love. Perhaps with some of you those words sounded familiar, and they should. The baptism of Jesus, the transfiguration of Jesus last week, this is my beloved son. Jesus says in John's Gospel, John three sixteen, those famous words, God so loved the world he gave his only son. His only son. In other words, God did to his own son what he would not allow Abraham do to his son. God sacrificed his only son, his sinless son, in your place and mine, just as that lamb took the place of Isaac. And so Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Isn't this how we really know the depth of God's love? Isn't this how we really answer all of our questions and doubts that we may have? That God gave his own son into death for us and sacrificed him for our own sins. And so Paul says in his letter to the Romans, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things So you see then this story in the Old Testament is a picture of what God the Father would do with his own son. And just as Isaac had victory over death in our Old Testament lesson we know our Lord Jesus on the third day that first Easter had victory over death as well. And there's one other amazing thing that you may or may not know. It's to be found in that little word, Moriah. Moriah is the place where this event took place and a thousand years later At the same place, Solomon would build the temple where the sacrifices were made in the temple that pointed to the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. And 2,000 years after Abraham and Isaac, Jesus was crucified on the very same spot and was sacrificed for our sins And so our Lord Jesus also trusted in His Heavenly Father's Word. So then, what I'm trying to say, don't be surprised if you have a test along the way in this journey we call life. The test is, will you trust God's Word? Or not? Do we not have many promises from God? Here's just a few of them. God loves us. All of our sins are forgiven. No strings attached. He's with us each and every day on this journey called life. To hear our prayers and our concerns and to help us and to answer us. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And also we have the wonderful promise that one day we will be raised from the dead to enter into a new world called eternal life. And yet as we go through this life, we know there's many things in life that can challenge this trust of God's Word. Science philosophies, other world religions, and yes even sometimes even other Christian denominations, all can challenge what we believe. Do we really have the truth? Such things are a test. How much will you love God's Word? How much will you trust in God's Word? Paul says in his first letter to the Corinthians, for there must be factions among you. Why? In order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized and there are other kinds of tests that we encounter too I'm sure you're very familiar with these sickness problems tragedies heartaches things that make us want to ask where is God things that seem to contradict God's Word and his love but isn't that what faith is isn't faith believing what you can't see isn't faith believing what you can't prove that's what the author of Hebrews says Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And that certainly describes Abraham in our text, does it not? What God told him to do didn't make much sense, it seemed a little confusing, a little bit unsettling, but it was a test. Abraham, will you trust me? Will you love me more than anything in the world, even more than your son? And he passed that test as our Lord Jesus also passed that test and became our Savior and so now it is also true with us we will we will encounter many things in this life to challenge our trust in that word our Lord Jesus says in John's gospel in this life you will have tribulation but what will we believe what will we trust the things that we can see and hear and experience Or God's word. Abraham was not disappointed by trusting in God's word. God confirmed and fulfilled everything that he had promised to Abraham. And also with our Lord Jesus. He was not disappointed in trusting in God either. As on the third day he was raised from the dead. And now he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Ruling over all things. And here's the point of this sermon. You won't be disappointed either if you'll cling to God's Word and His promises. Paul says in his letter to the Romans, for the scripture says, everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. Of course if you haven't figured this out yet I can't prove any of that, can I? All I have is what? God's Word. But I'll tell you this, when our Lord Jesus returns at the end of the world to judge the living and the dead and give us eternal life, on that day, it will be clear for all to see that all we needed was God's Word. Amen. And now the peace of God that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's sermon. If you are interested in having your pastor's sermon featured on this program, contact Craig D'Onofrio at craig at com. Thank you for listening, and Lord bless you.